You're listening to episode 83, brought to you by FabFitFun and ButcherBox. For $10 off your first box from FabFitFun, just go to FabFitFun.com and enter the code LOVELY. And for $20 off your first box, plus two pounds of free ground beef in every box for the life of your subscription, go to ButcherBox.com LOVELY and enter the code LOVELY. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa. You can find out more about the podcast at cultivatingthelovely.com, in our Yellow Brick Road membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, and in our Facebook group. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram, where you can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. That's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-O-P-P-A. Today on the show, we have Hannah Brencher. She was a new-to-me author. I was not familiar with her, but as soon as I mentioned her name to a couple of my friends, they said, stop everything and read that book that you just got in the mail because it's bound to be good. And oh my goodness, I read it in three days, ladies. It was excellent. It had so much wisdom packed into its pages. It was one of those books that I highlighted like crazy. I was so looking forward to doing this interview, and I'm so excited to share it with you today. But first, I want to mention a couple of things because we're having so much fun in the Patreon community. We have our monthly challenges for self-care and homemaking stuff. We're doing all sorts of fun things this fall, like really focusing on our atmosphere and huga and all kinds of things to really take in the fall for all that it's worth and look back on our year and see what we can do moving forward. And then in addition to all of that, cultivating the lovely kind of stuff, we also have all the bonus content of the Yellow Brick Road community that goes alongside the same page. We've got our two bonus podcasts in that community, The Yellow Brick Road and What Ingrid and Fiona Like. And Rebecca and I, who do What Ingrid and Fiona Like, have been having so much fun lately. We did a whole mashup on what we're looking forward to for viewing this fall, all of our favorite shows that we watched over the summer. We had so much fun recording that episode. I edited it while I was sitting in Starbucks and had trouble not laughing out loud and making a total fool out of myself. So if you want to come over there and join in the community and the fun we would love to have you. We have all different price memberships that you can get in there and be able to access different things. Just go to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. Also, I just wanted to mention a couple of other big ways that you can support the podcast. One, word of mouth and telling your friends is huge and we so, so appreciate it. Second, the next best thing to that and is really huge for keeping us in those iTunes charts is leaving ratings and reviews. It really makes a difference for iTunes to think, oh, this is a podcast that people actually listen to. And so if you just write a quick sentence and give us a rating, it makes such a difference. And thank you to all of you who do that. Lastly, If you visit our sponsors, they know that people are listening, and it makes a huge difference for the show to be able to continue moving forward. So thank you to all of you who take advantage of the offers and even just visit the websites. It helps the sponsors to know that this show is worthwhile, and we so appreciate it. You guys really do keep the lights on around here. Okay, enough of all the business chit-chat. I want you guys to be able to listen to this brand new episode with Hannah Brencher. Hello, Hannah. Hi, how are you? I am good. I am so excited to have you on today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I 
binge read your book over like a three-day period while I was house-sitting for friends and my kids went and played with all the neighborhood kids. It was glorious. I just sat on their deck and read while I like sort of oversaw what they were doing. <laughs> so it was I love that. amazing. Yeah, I just, I really enjoyed your book. But the fun thing was, you know, I come a lot across a lot of new authors doing, not new authors, but authors I haven't heard of by doing the mm -hmm. podcast. And I kind of mentioned to you before we started, I had, you know, I get an influx of books in the summer. Everybody's preparing for fall releases. So I had this big stack and a friend of mine was asking me like, oh, what are some of the books? Who are the authors? And as soon as I mentioned your name, she said, read that one first. You've got, you're just going to love it. I just know you will. And so I, I did. So and it was so good. So if people are as unfamiliar with you as I was, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Hannah. Um, I am, well, I guess it's a given that I am an author. Um, uh, first was a writer, started a blog about eight years ago, um, and that kind of just took me to, like, all the places that I'm at now, um, and so I've always been passionate about words and about writing. Um, I don't think I ever anticipated that I would be writing books, though. That was kind of a dream of mine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, where it's like you hit that age where you're like, oh, OK, well, like, that's not going to be a reality, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've been um, self-employed for the last six years as a writer. And nice. that was my second book, Come Matter Here. Um, and I also run a company called More Love Letters. And so it is a global love letter writing company. Wow. Um, not romantic letters by any means, but basically people can go online, they can nominate friends and family that are going through something tough, and we pick out stories that we put up online every month, and anyone from around the world has a chance to handwrite a letter and mail it to a much larger bundle that's going to show up for somebody on a day where they probably think no one's going to take notice of them. Oh, that is awesome. I knew that, that there was something to do with love letters from your first book, but mm -hmm. I, with all the reading I've been doing for the podcast, I had not had time yet to figure that out. And so I had no idea. That's so amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it's been definitely an unexpected, um, but really cool, I yeah. guess, what would you say? I don't even know, like career? I'm not sure. But um, yeah. So do figuring you it out as you go. Yeah. Do you have like a whole team of people that works on that with you? Or are you like a one man show or? Yeah, we have a very dedicated, passionate team. Um, because I, I honestly don't think that I could ever do yeah. this thing alone, especially for how much um, more love letters grows on a weekly basis. Um, so yeah, we have a dedicated team of young women. Um, we're all super close from it. And yeah. How amazing. Because, yeah, I would think there's a lot of logistics that would have to go into all of that. that. Yes, especially being like, I guess, what, Frontiers? No one, there there hasn't been a love letter writing company like this before. Yeah. And so it's a blessing and a curse in the sense that there's no rule book. So you get to make up your own rules. But at the same time, there's no rule book. So you're kind of like, I wish that somebody had done this before. Yeah. So I would know what to do in this case. But yeah. We have well, a really good time with it. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I'm going to go look up the website as soon as we're done here. <laughs> I just think that yeah. sounds so cool. I know a few years ago, I read the book, The Paris Letters. And it's mm -hmm. this woman who was, she's an expat who lives in Paris. And she writes letters from Paris and draws a picture of somewhere in Paris. And then all these people 
just want the letter. So it's just one letter that she photocopies and all these people want it. And so it's this whole business of letter writing. But how cool to have kind of like the opposite. She writes one and sends it out to everyone. And then this is, you know, the reverse of that. You get personalized letters, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's been, uh, it's definitely been crazy. Yeah. And so how long have you been doing that? Um, More Love Letters is going to turn seven this September. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Very cool. Okay. So I did have some, you know, I was curious. And now kind of hearing your introduction of what you said makes me even more curious because you said you never thought you would be an author. And I did wonder, like, how did she get where she is? Because you do a lot of speaking, it sounded like, from your book. And Mm -hmm. you've written two books and everything. And for me, I always felt like, well, I talked to Haley Morgan yesterday and she said, we're elder millennials. (laughs) I don't know where you fall in that. But she's like, "We're, we're on the, like the beginning leading edge of the millennials. And I think I always kind of had this impression that no one would take me seriously until I was of a certain age to be able to write a book. Mm -hmm. So I've always thought like, okay, once I could turn like 35, then maybe I could write something and people would think I was legit. (laughs) But I, you obviously don't have that issue. You've written these two amazing books. And that was one thing that just kept standing out to me over and over again throughout your book. You think like, oh, it's a millennial. Like even me being an elder millennial, I, you, you just kind of have that instant, like, oh, it's someone in their twenties. What am I going to learn from this person? Yeah. And then I read it and I was like, girl, she is wise beyond her years. Like it was, (laughs) It was like, not in an offensive way, but it was like I was sitting down with a grandmother who was like giving me the wisdom that she had attained from all of her years because it was so right on. You had so many things you said throughout the book that were just kind of like, I think these general things that a lot of us experience but don't know how to put into words and we're not aware that so many other people are experiencing. And so I, I think you did such a good job of like sharing really great wisdom in a humorous and wonderful and very truthful way but how did you like did you never feel that same thing that I felt like oh nobody's gonna listen to me because I'm young or how did that all oh, pan I out definitely for you? definitely felt that okay. um I mean I my first memoir I wrote at the age of 25 I'm wow. like that you just I feel like you need to be 20, 30, 40 more years older than that to write a memoir. Um, I kind of got thrust into it. I really wasn't expecting it, like most of the things in my journey. Um, But I ended up doing, um, I did an audition for TED Talks, like for Global TED. And they ended up taking that audition and putting it up on TED.com. So I went from... You know, no one really knowing my story to like overnight thousands of people like knowing the story. Um, And from that came a lot of publishers, literary agents who wanted to, um, who basically were like, you have a book in you, you know, and that was kind of one of the things where I'm like, huh, like, I don't like, I would prefer to wait another 10 years and like really live this story out. But like, there were just so many people being like, the time is now to write the book. And so I just kind of. I went off of that. Yeah. Um, and I've always tried to be the type of writer who, even like with my blog, like 
I know it's not about me and I'm not trying to make it about me. Um, if I'm going to write, I want to write in a way of like anyone can gain wisdom and anyone mm -hmm. can read the book and feel like there's something here for me. Um, and so I just always took that approach when it came to writing these first two books. It's like, okay, well, what is like the larger lesson here? Like what is the you know, the bigger thing at stake here, because I just, I don't think I'm that important, you know? And so as, I feel like as long as I stick close to that, I feel like I can write on a variety of different topics without having to worry about my age, you know, because yeah. I've been told that since I was so young, like, yeah. oh, you are like, you are uh, wise beyond your years or like you're, you know, like an 80 year old trapped yeah. <laughs> in a 25 year old's body. And so it's one of those things where I just think like, I don't know. I think I, I adopt the perspective from my mom of like, okay, I'm here. And like, while I'm here, I just want to learn as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's such a huge compliment. So thank you. Oh, um, yeah. I just, but I, I still feel I have a lot to learn. <laughs> well, then that's good. And I think that you ha there's definitely a humbleness that comes through in your writing. It doesn't sound like, oh, you've got it all figured out. You write from I definitely a, do not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you write from a very, very honest and authentic place, which I really admire, especially in this generation and in our culture right now. I think you do a really good job of doing that. But I think that it just it was a very even authentic in the way that you shared the wisdom. It was like, oh, I realized or oh, this is what I experienced. And I think that was one of my favorite things about the book, too, is I think I was coming into it thinking like, this is like another how-to book on, you know, how you matter where you are, you know, and because mm, a lot yeah. of nonfiction that you run across is that way. It's very formulaic. It's, it's less story driven. It's more like, this is what you need to do. And your book was so memoir-esque, which is, I think, really what just really drew me into it right away is realizing like, oh, it's her story. Like story is what engages me. And then that mm, allowed you yep. to share so much truth out of your story. Yeah, I'm like not really like I'm not personally very good with the how to like I can totally teach you how to. But I think that at some point, like it's almost like you've got so many voices telling yeah. you what to do that it gets a little bit overwhelming or a little bit like you can feel defeated if you don't master it the way somebody else has, you know? Yeah. And so for me personally, I've just always been like, man, like I learn everything that's ever been valuable to me through stories. Yes. And so I'm just going to tell stories. Like yes. maybe you'll find yourself in them. Yes, I, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, that's something I realized with my kids. We're not homeschooling anymore, but we did homeschool for seven years. And wow. I realized that the things that really stuck for them were always the things that were attached to some sort of story. I could read facts off to them all day long and they wouldn't remember anything. But mm. if it was attached to something that made you feel something. Yeah, you like, remember that. Yeah. I mean, I've read a lot of books this summer <laughs> getting ready for this, the podcast season coming up in the fall because I just get, you know, so many books over the summer. I'm inundated. And I can still, I may not remember like every single principle because I read it about a month ago, your book. I may not remember like every single wise principle that you put out there, but I remember the general stories. If I sit here and think about it and like, oh, she told this story about this part of her life. And then that reminds me like how much we need community. And so yeah. that kind of like brings me around 
to the point, you know? So I just, totally. I think you did a great job of really fleshing that out well. Ladies, one of my favorite sponsors of the podcast is back this month, and that is FabFitFun. You guys, I love FabFitFun. I love getting my box in the mail and having it customized for me and being so pretty. But their fall box is available now. They sell out so fast, so you're going to want to make sure you get in on it before they are gone. And if you're not sure what I'm even talking about, then let me tell you. Because FabFitFun is a seasonal box, so it arrives four times a year at your door in its pretty little packaging, and it has full-size beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products. Their fall box is so wonderful. It has products like a vegan leather Vince Camuto tote, a teapot or coffee press. I got the coffee press. I'm very excited about it because I'm going to make cold brew coffee and tea and all kinds of things in it. There's Glam Glow bubble masks, a beauty blender, and that's just the beginning of it. I got a really cute little umbrella that I cannot wait to use. It was like they knew I needed an umbrella to be walking my kids to school every morning. I was just so thrilled with everything that was in there. I got pro makeup brushes. It's just so well thought out. They get such high quality products. I am never disappointed. I love being able to have this treat because as moms, we often don't treat ourselves. We put ourselves on the back burner and to know that you have this beautiful box where every detail has been picked out perfectly and you can even customize some of the things that you're getting in your box and to know you're getting that four times a year it's kind of like that future gift you can give to yourself something to look forward to so if you want to get a FabFitFun box get in on this fall box before it's all gone then make sure that you go to fabfitfun.com and use the code lovely so you can save $10 off your first box, making it only $39.99. Again, that's fabfitfun.com and use the code lovely to get $10 off your first box. You deserve to treat yourself. It was just, it was a really fun read, which it, it was a dark topic i mean like you were going through very rough things in the book with depression and everything but you still made it such a light-hearted enjoyable read that's what my mom was just reminding me throughout the whole writing process she's like don't don't forget that you're funny like you're funny you know because i can tend to be so serious and i think like with my personality type like so in my feelings you know but i think that I don't know, like, I just wanted to be able to be who I was. And I feel like I really got to do that with Come Matter here. I'm like, I'm a little bit weird, a little bit quirky. Like, I see things differently than a lot of other people. But I think there's beauty in that, you know, yes. and just not trying to be anybody else. I could easily be somebody else while I'm writing these books. Yeah. But I don't think like, I think the way that I was made and the way that I'm wired is for a reason. And yeah. so I feel like this book, I really got to like, live that out yeah oh absolutely and I think that they're content to be kind of be trends especially I don't know I guess I'm kind of entrenched in this Christian writing world and reading all these you know nonfiction books and everything I think especially there for a writer or a while it was like all the writing has to be beautiful and kind of you know the, the writer says things in a sort of abstract way and you have to try to distill down what they're saying because they write in such a beautiful, you know, like poetic style. And it was like, okay, that's all well and good. And those books can be really interesting and deep. But yeah. I really like when I'm reading a book and I feel like somebody's just sitting there talking to me. 
and like using the language they would really use when they were talking. And so when you're saying things about like, you know, feeling like Oprah handing out, you're a buffalo and you're a buffalo. Like, I love that. There were so many times where I was just laughing out loud because you would say things that I could tell if you were just having a conversation with somebody, you would be that goofy. And so I I really appreciated that about your writing. I think that's what helped me read it as quickly as I did too, because it was very readable. Thank you. Yeah, because I think that, and I see a lot of like trends as well. And, you know, I think the number one thing that I think I always got stuck on was like the books that like books that make it seem like all of your problems are going to be solved if you read this book, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I, I just don't buy that anymore, but um, I... I think that the thing that I, when I look at like books that I want to read, sometimes you just want somebody to say like, Hey, like I've been there before. Or like, I've, I've been at the end of my rope and just somebody to sit with you in that and just be like, it's going to be okay. Like you're going to come out of this. Like, it's not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. But like, I've gotten to the end of some books that I thought were supposed to like alter and change my life. And they like, they haven't, and that's nothing against the writer of the book or the formulas that we use, you know? But I think most of the books that I can say, like, man, that book really changed my life were books driven by stories. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've ever – do you read Anne Lamott? I have not. Oh, girl, you need to – you just need to dig in there because okay. she was like – I will read anything. She literally could write a grocery list and I <laughs> would read it. And I've been reading her since I've, since I was in young adulthood, you know, uh-huh. like since a teenage, because teenager, because she's just real and relatable and like relatable when it comes to like having kids and like faith and all of these mm-hmm. elements that I feel like we can be super serious with, but like sometimes you just need somebody to be like, yep. And sometimes I'm a mess and that's okay. You yeah. know? Yeah, and to still be able to find the humor through all of that. I know that's been a big theme in my life right now, you know, going through this divorce yeah. and all of this craziness. And it's like, if I didn't just like try to find the humor or the lightheartedness or make things, you know, better in our day, like it, it would just be too easy to get completely bogged down by the muck and mire of it all. Totally, totally. Yeah, and so it's so worth it to be able to still be goofy with my kids or you know we gotta we gotta have a mix of both or yeah I think you have to be able to find find God even when it's like where is he you know because like it's just it's a shift of your perspective you know because I I'm so like that of like obviously after reading my book like you know that I deal with depression but Mm -hmm. I think I can so easily just like get stuck with a negative viewpoint and I really need to be careful with that and really need to like be like okay wait but like where is God in all of this and how is he showing up in my life because I always know that he is and so it's just shifting that perspective yeah well and that was a major thing that you hit on in the book of kind of having to overcome our unbelief like knowing you believe it but still having that unbelief Mm-hmm, and I totally. think that that's something, whether you're dealing with depression or divorce or, you know, like, and, and I think anybody, if they come right down to it, they, we all have those struggles of, you know, God, I believe, but help me believe more, you know, I mean, it's yeah. right in the Bible. <laughs> like it's so true. Yeah. It's a struggle for all of us, I think. 
so can you speak to what that looks like for you now and how other women can keep drawing from that keep overcoming that unbelief I honestly just feel like it is a every single day process you know it's like how they say like as you get older like make sure that you like moisturize your face you know um you can't just do it once and be like that's enough you know it's it's like a daily thing it's like brushing your teeth it is a daily thing three times a day sometimes you know and I always say like for me it's like it's like sunscreen like you have to reapply after 80 minutes and I definitely have felt in the past like very discouraged by that of like man when am I ever going to get over this you know Mm -hmm. but it's really just like it is a long process to rewire your brain and rewire the things that you are thinking that are that are might be wrong or might not be in touch with like who God really is um and so I just feel like it's like you just always have to be willing to be in process that like, as soon as you conquer one thing, there's probably going to be another thing, you know? Um, so yeah, it's always going to be, I think a fight. I mean, I look at some of the lies that I've overcome and I've been super proud of that, but then I also like, man, some of these things that I'm struggling with right now, like I've been dealing with for years and they just, they show up in different ways. And so it's I think that's the essence of that prayer of like help me with my unbelief of like there are days when I believe it and days when I don't and like you know that God yeah yeah absolutely and I think that something that can help us with that unbelief I know it has definitely helped me in the last year and I think you hit on this a lot in your book is the people that are around us mm-hmm. and yeah, that community totally. and the people who are willing to keep speaking the truth to you even when it feels hard for your heart to feel it mm-hmm. oh yeah absolutely you need truth tellers for yeah. sure and um you did such go a good job in your book of really distilling down what that community looked like and I think I mean you were moving to a new city and trying to decide to press into people was a very difficult thing for you and I think that that is a common thing theme in our culture I I was just again talking to Haley Morgan the other day and a lot of her new book talks about that yes I read it yeah and I think you hit on that too and I just, yeah, I wonder, like, what community looks like for you now? How has that changed now that you are married? Because you weren't when you wrote the book, right? Yep. Yeah, no, I wasn't married. Or was I married? Actually, I think, you, I think at the end of the book, I, you got engaged. Yes, yes. So while I was writing the book, I was newly married, but I was still kind of writing from the wisdom I had gained yeah. before marriage. Yeah. So yeah. How um, has that community aspect like changed for you now and allowed you to to still have those people in your life that, you know, build you up and all that kind of thing? Yeah, I think it it all comes down to being like really just being deliberate with your people. Um mm-hmm. and I I'm not a fan of the word intentional, though I know we use it a lot. Yeah. Um but I like found I don't know, I went through a phase where I felt like everybody was saying everything was intentional, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I like have changed it to the word deliberate because it just yeah. feels newer for me. Yes. But um yeah, you have to be willing to it's the little things. It's the reaching out to friends. It's the making plans when you don't want to. It's the bringing meals. It's the babysitting. It's it's all a bunch of little things. Um, 
some weeks you get it right. And some weeks you're like, man, I have gone through a whole entire week and I really haven't talked to anybody, you know? Um, and just being willing, I think like to reach out, you know, like I feel like I'm in a crazy week right now, like preparing to like take a vacation, um, at the end of the week. And so I've just kind of been in my own world doing my own thing, but like, I also know that that's like not a space for me to stay in for too long because I'll get way too in my head and like, I need people. We all need people, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it was just for me this week, it looks like reaching out to my friend Felicia that I go on walks with, um, and just saying like, Hey, like, are you up for a walk tomorrow? You know? And Mm -hmm. we went on a walk this morning and it's just one of those things of like, I always say it's like, don't be afraid to like need people. Like we, we don't want to seem needy. We want to seem like we've got it all together, but like we really, we do need people. And I think people need us to need them in order for them to feel like they're playing a part in the story. And so, yeah, it looks, it looks a little bit different now that I'm married, but like really not so much. We just try to like cultivate more relationships, like with friends who are couples, but, um, Yeah, I don't know. I think in my own perfect world, I would just hang out with Elaine all the time. That's my husband and like really not ever go outside um, or see (laughs) people. But I know that that's also not sustainable. Um, And so, yeah, it all comes down to those small things. Mm -hmm. Well, and on page 25 of your book, you said like God's most preferred method to change people is through other people. Mm, And I, I think that's really hard for a lot of us to grapple with. It was something, again, I was talking to Haley with. It's fresh in my mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we were saying, I think, especially with our generation, that it's really easy to feel like we just need to be independent and to not yeah. need people and to realize that God has always used people to help change other people. It's very humbling and it's very hard, I think, especially in our kind of disjointed culture. Yes, totally. I know I do remember that from her book about, I think – it was her husband that had said, like, if you can ask, like, X amount of people if you're, you yeah. can sleep on their floor. And I loved that so yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah, it's- no, I think we're wired to, or I don't know, because it's like, I don't honestly don't know where it comes from. Because, like, that's not the way that all communities function. And that's not the way that, like, yeah. like from the beginning of time, I really thought that, like, community was a big factor for people. I yeah. think that. I mean, I honestly think that because of social media, we there's less and less of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we get overly independent and put ourselves off on an island. And sometimes you need to be able to step back and, like, meet people face-to-face and take a break from the screens. Um, I don't know. I think in a lot of ways that social media has done really beautiful things, but it has also um, made us more, like focuses us or like we focus more on ourselves because of social media and I don't yeah. know that we're like really designed to do that or should do that too often <laughs> yeah well I think the combination of social media and just the pace that we live at in America yes. yep mm-hmm. especially I mean I know having kids I've got them going in a thousand different directions and you want to get together with friends but their kids are going in a thousand different directions and you start to wonder like, well, what, what is the point of all of this? Like, how is that really going to serve them well in the future? If all yeah. they know how to communicate with people is because they're on the same team, not because they have eaten a meal with people and actually mm, yeah, been 
involved in other people's lives in a bigger way. I know I had some friends recently who were saying they'd heard this study saying that kids are more likely to stay in the faith as they get older if they learn to serve either within the church Mm -hmm. or just like serving other families and like seeing how God works and being used by God instead of just having like this consumeristic mentality of what the church should be. And yes, and that's really what I feel like we're in that mode a lot, you know, of like, what can I get? What can I get? What can I get? And it's like, no, like the the gold is the serving, you know? Yeah. And that's where you really see God's fingers moving in and changing people. Like you talk about in the book, how you kind of have to like lift your eyes up and be able to look around and see where he's at and see how he's answering your prayers, even in a different way. Like I loved your Devil Wears Prada story. You know, he. That's my favorite story. Yeah, it was so good. You guys are going to have to get the book so you can read it. But you know how God answers your prayer in a very different way than you were expecting. And sometimes we just have to intentionally look up and be able to see that. I think it's so much easier to do that when we're involved with people and we are serving people and, you know, doing those things that are really at the heart of community. Yeah, totally. I could not agree with you more. Okay, ladies, by now, if you've been listening for a while, then you probably know a couple of things about me. One, I love any type of meal or food service that allows me to cook from home, but also makes that process more convenient for me. And two, I really lean towards the side of natural. I prefer to be able to serve my family food that is pesticide-free, organic, especially when it comes to meat. There are so many nasty things that are in our meat today. I really, if at all possible, like to be able to provide my family with hormone-free, antibiotic-free, grass-fed, free-range, all the rest, all of that is what I prefer. And that's why I love ButcherBox. ButcherBox delivers healthy, 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage-breed pork. The incredible quality of ButcherBox meats starts with the commitment to raising animals humanely and free of antibiotics and hormones. With this box that arrives right to your door, you know I love that, you have the choice of picking a curated box, which includes a high-quality mix of beef, chicken, and pork, or you can customize your box to meet your own needs. Each box comes with at least 8 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual-sized meals. My family was able to try one of their curated boxes, and everything was so good. It tasted so fresh and clean, from their ground beef to their chicken breast to their pork chops. Oh, and their bacon. Their bacon is amazing. So if you want to try them out for the convenience and the amazing product, you can get $20 off your first box. And get this, two pounds of free ground beef in every box for the life of your subscription. You just go to butcherbox.com lovely and enter the code lovely. Again, that's $20 off your first box, but then two pounds of free ground beef in every box for the life of your subscription. Just go to butcherbox.com lovely, enter the code lovely. And for people who are already ButcherBox subscribers, you'll have a special deal on ground beef you can take advantage of by logging into your account. Do you think that you have gotten better at that whole looking up idea since writing your book you know like you had the devil wears product thing happen and then you're like oh I need to realize these things do you think that you've been able to be more intentional about that since kind of having that realization yes and no yeah. um 
I definitely feel like if I look at that book, I'm like, well, I definitely feel like I have gotten so much better at the main point. The main point being like, be where your feet are. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm a pro at that. I feel like I'm still very much in a phase of, or not a phase, but in a time of like remembering to look up, you know, letting God be God, letting him be bigger, letting him show off. I so easily feel like I can put God in a box Mm -hmm. and, um, and it's so funny having this conversation with you. I was just having a conversation with the woman I walk with today and we were talking about that. And I thought of the devil wears Prada story and about like, God is showing up all over the place. It's just a matter of if I am willing to say, okay, God, like, I know that you're bigger than this, or I know that you're bigger than that. And like, I want to see you in all of this, you know, it's like, he's always there. I just think that there's something to be said when we invite him in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're so quick to diminish what he's doing, getting bogged down by all of our stuff. Oh, totally. Yep. It's, it's just so easy to to either miss it in the first place or be like, okay, yeah, that was great. You did that little thing. But you know, what Moving about on. all this other stuff over here that I'm still dealing with? And those are often the things like I have to intentionally come back to and remember. I mean, just the other day, I was going having to register my kids for school, you know, first time ever. This is a whole big deal. Very like, you know, I'm I'm torn about it. I see where it's necessary, but it's also like kind of heartbreaking to not yeah. be a homeschooler anymore and all that kind of thing. And as I was going to walk up into the building, one of my very dearest friends was standing there. I was like, mm-hmm. what What are you doing here? And she's like, I was just going for a walk around this park with my kids and I didn't know you were going to be here. And that would not happen. Like that, I... I don't believe in coincidence, you know, yeah, I, God yeah. put her there to be able to hug my neck and tell me, I'm going to pray for you while you're in there. And I am so quick to then look at all the other frustrating things that happened that day, you know, and be yep, like, yep. oh God, but why did you let this happen? Why did you let that happen? Instead of realizing like, okay, you know, the you said there would, we would have trouble in this world. <laughs> like that is happening, yeah. but look what you gave me in the middle of all of that. Yes. Yes. It's it. That's like what we were saying. It's a daily, sometimes hourly like practice of being like, okay, I see, like I've gotten into the habit now of like writing down, like I call them my pleases and my thank yous. Mm. Um, like any prayer that I have, no matter how small it is, because we're supposed to pray on without ceasing. And that just seems hard in itself. Um, but then also like all of the little things that happen throughout a day that I want to remember. And they might seem small and menial to somebody else, but I know what they mean to me, yeah. you know, um, because I forget. And so it's cool to have that record of it and to be able to like go back and like read and recount. And I go through and I highlight the prayers that I had because like I highlight the ones that I feel like God has answered. Um, yeah. And it's so many of them, but it's just this practice of like, reminding myself to be grateful, you know, because it's just, we're overloaded, we're oversaturated. And it's like gratitude is like the first thing that goes out the window. Yeah, it really is. Absolutely. And I think a lot of time, you know, prayer or recognizing when prayers have been answered and that sort of thing. I love that idea of highlighting the the answered ones. That's a really easy way to just be able to visually make it stand out and kind of force yourself to go back over what he's done. That's a really good idea. 
I tend to forget my prayers, like, or I will be praying and I will get totally sidetracked, you know, like I will end up doing dishes or something. And so writing them down just feels like it's a way to know like, okay, I did this, but then it's also kind of a marker to go back to. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also, I think, very focusing because when I'm just praying in my head, I tend to, you know, get distracted or not mm-hmm. even realizing that all I'm doing when I'm praying is saying, okay, God, help me with this, help me with that, help me, like, and not also, like, just recognizing him for who he is and appreciating yeah. him in that. And when you write it down, you can kind of start to see those patterns a little bit more. Totally. Yeah. And that was really one of my favorite things that I liked about your book was the prayers at the end where you would say steal this prayer and they were just very short and they really were fantastic summaries of what you talked about in the chapter you kind of wrote your own cliff notes I think yes yes I, yeah but they, I, I do that yeah and they but they were so right on I mean almost every one of them they're just short little paragraphs but they're really powerful and I feel like this is one of those books I will keep around I mean, I marked this puppy up like crazy, but yeah, and I actually am giving it to a friend to read. I was like, if you can deal with all of my writing all over the place. And she's like, I can't wait to see your writing all over the place. And and you want to know what's really funny about that? Just even what you just said is that when I wrote my first book, I prayed. I was like, okay, God, because you know that like when you write a book, like you're going to get like plenty of people that are like, this is a good book. This is great. You know, this and that. And I think that sometimes like affirmation can tend to like wash over us, um, you know, like it either goes straight to your head or you feel nothing at all. Um, And so I always wanted to know though, that like God was getting this book into other people's hands. And so my first, with my first book, I prayed, okay, God, like I'm praying that this will be a book that people like can't help but like mark up with like their pens and their highlighters and it's crazy to see the amount of emails I've gotten from people being like I don't write in books and I couldn't help but write in this book and then with the second book with come matter here I prayed okay god like I know that like I'm gonna see you working in this when people tell me like I'm giving this book to so-and-so or Aww. I had to go back and buy copies for so-and-so. So it's just so cool that you just said that because you said you marked it all up yes. and <laughs> giving it to a friend. And I'm like, that's totally two signs right there from God, you know? Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, how fun. I'm so glad I could be a vessel for him today. Yeah, but you are. <laughs> oh, you're sweet. But I, I really do. I mean, this is one of those books. I have a few books that always stand out in my mind as like, you know, like Sally Clarkson's Own Your Life. I'm always going to have that one on a close shelf so I can just pick it up and, you know, take yeah. those little tidbits out of it that I loved. This is another one of those that I felt like was so packed with wisdom. And even if I just used it to go back and read those prayers, like if I'm feeling dry, I felt like these prayers I could use and utilize to kind of take me back to that place. And I mean, I just looking at one that I have underlined right now and you just have this line of like, grow endurance in me, make me stronger, braver and wiser as I go and show me others who are in the fight too. Just those kinds of things that I might not be able to verbalize on my own. And I just think you did a beautiful job of articulating them. So thank you. 
yeah, it was really a delightful read. And I'm so excited for my listeners to get it in their hands and then tell me what they think because it was it was just a real gem. So, awesome. I'm so pumped. Yeah. And a great cover. It oh, really stood right? out. Yeah. I know. They really, they really did amazing with that cover. Yeah. It was really beautiful. Okay. But all that aside, how are you currently cultivating loveliness in your life? Um, that is such a good question. Um, so I feel like I am trying to make room for more things that just give me joy. You know, I think I definitely have a hard time cultivating joy. Um, and joy is lovely. Um, but so I have been like making more lists of like the things that give me joy and the things that give me life. And so that I, I can just remember and like also make sure that I deliberately put them into my day. You know, it's little stuff, but like, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, like, but I'm taking this step for me. And so I think that like, that's how I'm trying to like, just bring more joy and loveliness into my life. I like that. Very good. Okay. So how I am currently cultivating loveliness in my life, I'm trying to think of a couple of different things here that I feel like kind of tie together. Um, I have a bed for the first time in 10 months. By the time this goes live, wow. it'll be a year. But yeah, we were sleeping on the floor in my parents' house in their living room. My goodness. Yeah. So we moved in with my grandma um, this summer and I have a room that's basically my own and it's just kind of like this long basement room, but I have a legitimate bed in it. <laughs> and oh, that's amazing. It is so amazing. I have never appreciated a bed more and I have never been a bed maker in my life. I just, it was always like, I'm just going to get back into it. And then especially having babies, I always like co-slept with them and was having to put them down for naps and stuff. So it was like in and out of the bed all day long. It was pointless to be making it. But now Uh my bed really is just my bed. I'm not having to put anyone down for a nap in it or anything. And I've been making my bed every morning. And doesn't it make such a difference? It really, it does. Like, I don't like making it. I always have to tell myself every morning. Yeah. Like, it'll be worth it. But coming back into the room in the evening and being like, oh, look how pretty that is. It's inviting. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I totally agree. And it feels like I really accomplished something in my day when that bed is made. It's like, wow, something. I got something together today. Something looked good. And so I'm just really enjoying like every aspect right now of having a bed and even doing the work to make it and having it be inviting like that. So that, that is really my little, my little thing of lovely that's happening right now. I love that so much. Yeah. Okay. So are you ready for the stock questions? Yes, I am ready. Okay. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Candles. Okay. Cloth napkins? Yeah. (laughs) Cloth napkins or paper? paper (laughs) city or country city I kind of figured that one paper or digital oh gosh that's tough I I, I'm gonna say paper because I like to write everything down but digital is just a lifesaver you know so it's like I, I don't think I could live with one or the other but I'm gonna say paper okay shopping would you rather do it online or in the store online okay It's four o'clock or whatever time you are making dinner and you're in the kitchen and need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or to music? 
podcast. Okay, and what are some of your favorite podcasts? Oh, I love anything that is true crime. Okay. Um, so I love, I recently finished In the Dark, which I really loved. Um, Up and Vanished was another favorite of mine. Um, serial, anything that allows me to like solve a mystery. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, chocolate, milk or dark? Milk. All right. Sports or no sports? Uh, I'm going to say no sports. My husband would hate that. But... <laughs> Do you, girl? Do you? Yes. Okay. No sports. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? I I would say watch. Okay. What is your favorite movie? Favorite movie. Okay. What is my favorite movie? Gosh, everyone people ask this question all the time, and I never know what it is. Um, know, it's a hard one. I would say, okay, favorite movie would be Serendipity. Oh, I love that movie. Yes. And then I recently just saw the movie Lady Bird. Oh, um, I haven't seen I, that one yet. I loved it. It was such a good movie. Okay. I'm going to have to put that one on my list. Okay. If you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum and zero is totally not crunchy, but 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair. Oh. Where are you on the crunchiness spectrum? Like a two. Like, okay. Okay. When it comes to food, I'm pretty like I'm pretty crunchy in some ways. I would say, but everything else, I'm like nah. Okay. Well, I like a good honest answer. Yeah. Because probably ninety percent of the people that I interview, even if they are all over the board, they say a five or a six. So I oh, really yeah, love no. when people say. Like a really good and honest too. I'm always gonna, yeah, shave my legs and yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think I could sit by a fire and sing kumbaya. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today, Hannah. I will be thank checking you out your me. website. I'm so excited to go look at that right now. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we will talk to you soon. Okay. Take Bye. care. You too. Bye. I hope you guys really enjoyed that interview with Hannah and I hope you go get her book because it's equal parts wise and hilarious. You're going to love so many things about it. So I really want you guys to go get it because I think you're going to love it. You can find the details on how to find her book and how to find Hannah by going to boldturquoise.com forward slash 083, where you can view all of our show notes and the things that we talked about. As always, I would love to connect with you on Instagram. That's kind of the main place that I hang out. I try to do Insta stories every day, and I really enjoy interacting with a lot of you ladies there. It's so much fun for me. So be sure to join us over there if you haven't already. Leave those ratings and reviews in iTunes. Join us on Patreon because we've got so much going on. Patreon.com slash Cultivating the Lovely. And until next week when I am back with Haley Morgan for a really fun interview about her new book, Go Be Bold and Gracious. Oh, 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 o